Hi, I'm Sean. I'm Alan. And I'm Victoria. Join us every Monday as we tell the tale of a new and exciting cult. This is Once, Once Upon, Upon a, a Cult. Today, I believe that with all my heart that God wants to stretch us and he wants to expand us and uh, also he wants to increase our potential. This is something, this is the way God works. We start out a new convert and then as we yield ourselves over to God, then God begins to develop us. And then he works with us and develops us according to his purpose for our lives. Once upon a time, there was a New Yorker. <laughs> Whoa! Where did that even come from? He wasn't a New Yorker, was he? Yes, he, he was, was a New Yorker. Oh, was he? Yeah. He just came over here to the West Coast because it was the best coast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was I a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in 1939. Today we're talking about Sonny Arguenzoni. Oh. Stop. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm... I am fantastic. How I are know, you? after the news we got today. How are you, sir? It's hot. It's, it is hot. It's very hot yeah. outside. You got that right. <laughs> so, Victoria, you brought this one to the table. Tell us what group and why we're talking about it. So, we are going to be talking today about the Victory Outreach Center. Oh, no. Victory Outreach International. Yes. Excuse me. <laughs> and the Victory Outreach International came up on my radar because I actually got a postcard inviting me to their church. And something about their postcard when I got it looked very like, eh, that looks a little fishy there. A little questionable. <laughs> See, I think at this point, like, I recognize the cult signs. Yeah, you you're know, constantly you, sending me things. Right? Like, and things that I'm seeing on the street. Like, these aren't things I looked up on the internet. I see, like, like the one time I found a bumper sticker on someone's car. I was walking, or I was out, and I saw it, and I was like, what the shit is this? That looks <laughs> sketchy AF. So, yeah, I'm seeing, I, but I feel like because since we've started doing the podcast, I see more and more. Is that? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because you see kind of the, um. It, the same markings exactly. that lead people into a group. Things. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. And so when I got this flyer, it was very cult looking. And I was like, hmm. And I started doing some research a while back, actually, about this group because I was just so fascinated because they were in my city and this actually came to my home. So I was like, okay, let's look into it. And I was like, whoa, what the <laughs> shit? So that's why we're here today. Yay. Yay. So we'll start kind of with Sonny and where he comes in, and then that will lead us into what this group looks like, and then we can talk about Cult Archon. Yeah, so tell us the tale of Sonny. I will tell the tale of Sonny. <laughs> okay. Which you mentioned in our new intro. We yes. tell tales of cults. So Sonny was born in New York in 1939, and he grew up amongst, um, you know, gangs, and he was into drugs, mm -hmm. until at age 21, he met an evan evangelist named Nikki Cruz, mm -hmm. who Nikki, he says, really turned him on to the church and really right. helped break him away from that lifestyle. And let's remind everyone about our evangelicals and what they kind of are about. They're the ones that you see in the South with the snakes. Singing, hallelujah, 
and getting bit by Shangela. I wanted to give you a Shangela reference, okay? I was trying to do that just for you. Thanks. Um, so anyway, so yeah, but they it's the evangelicals are the ones that believe you can be healed, like like Jim Jones mm, was the, mm-hmm. started the he started by watching evangelicals and you know, watching how they would magically walk again and stuff. So the theatrical yeah. Of it. Yeah, makes sense. Because why not? (laughs) Right. So in 1967, um, Sonny and his wife, Julie, moved to, where else? East Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Perfect place to start his new church because he really wanted to focus on people like him who were in gangs or on drugs. So he wanted to reach out to, you know, poor communities and vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) So... I got this number. There's over 700 churches today for Victory Outreach. I found that number, too. Mm -hmm. That's insane. That's insane. And 40% of that 700 are all in the U.S. Yeah. And a lot of them are in Southern California Mm -hmm. because it's spread here first. Mm -hmm. I I went actually online to see within a 10-mile radius how many of these churches are local to me. And I found three within a 10-mile radius of my home. Yeah. Every city seems to have one, so it's yep. definitely, and it comes across, of course, as a very Christian thing, a very, you know, whatever, but when you start actually looking at some of the content and the things they believe, they are definitely a doomsday cult. Mm-hmm. So, and then I saw some other things about Sonny in particular and his political beliefs that actually are, are alarming to me as well. Oh, no. Yeah. He's a very big Trump supporter. Yeah. He seems like he would be. Which, yeah, but that's uh, very surprising because here's this person that is claiming to be a person of God and holiness, and then you want to also pre- repeat what he says. You yeah. Know? Like, I, that, I don't understand the yeah. logic. And it's funny, too, because, like, I feel like if I saw a pamphlet for Victory Outreach, it would all look very nice on the surface. Like, I go into poor communities and bring people up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how, in the 80s, um, Sonny and Julie really established themselves. Mm -hmm. They built a bunch of churches. Like, they started from their own home. Right. And they got so many followers, they built up churches. And in the 90s, they started doing the international growth. Mm -hmm. So, but, yeah, it's it's sad how people are taking advantage of like this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one thing that's interesting is because they moved to L.A., like, did they choose to move to L.A. and start it, or they just happened to, like, because I'm, like, trying to see, like, why they moved to L.A.? Well, I don't know if this is necessarily the reason or not, but one of the things that I found across in my studies is when they did move out, come out here to L.A., one of the things that they started doing, too, and this is where they kind of started getting into a little bit of trouble, um, they started, like, halfway houses and rehab homes and in these rehab homes they would tell people to get their welfare benefits and to get as many kind of benefits from the government that they could and they encouraged them to donate that to the church at the same time they were also the church um, would do some hard labor and that was their way of getting that's one of their techniques Um, and so they would get people to do manual labor and the pay would go to the church Mm-hmm. So they had a very controlling situation of their their members there. And they made them, the people that were coming to the halfway houses, who are, by the way, already in poor shape. You know what I mean? Um, but then on top of that, they make them sign a contract that 
they're going to go under this program and it's a spiritual thing. And so there's a lot of loopholes and laws that they can get around because of the, um, the laws with religion in rehab homes. So I don't know if those laws are specific to California and if maybe that was why they came over here because that is a really big move. Yeah. And things in California are have always been more lax legally, you know, in law-wise than it has in other states. So I would not be surprised if that was a big motivation for them to move over here. That's a good point. I wondered, too, if there's already kind of an established church for the poor areas in New York. So maybe they moved to L.A. to kind of take advantage of a new, a new area. area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, too. Mm-hmm. California is really big. Yeah. yeah. You know, geographically speaking, we are a lot larger than New York. There's a lot more. What? Places. I don't know if you know or not. <laughs> oh. The earth is round, too. So. What? <laughs> <laughs> not according to some people. <laughs> So I found that Sonny, much like many other leaders, was very much the, you know, Jesus came and spoke to me Mm -hmm. and told me to start this church. One thing I found directly was Jesus told him about United We Can, which for only a dollar a day from each of his church members, um, it can fund all his visions. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money, a dollar a day. From every member of the church? Every single member? That's like $31 a month from every single person. So even if you only have 10 members, it's over $300 yeah. that you're making a month for not doing a damn thing. Well, and to put into perspective, I found a few um, ex-outreach members who mm-hmm. talked about their time with the church. Right. One said in 1995, after she went through everything that she gave to the church, it came out to $21,500. And that's on a 1995 salary even. So my thing is, even today in 2020, a lot of people are happy with like a Mm $40,000 a year job. Mm -hmm. That's over half your yearly salary. Yeah, That's That's crazy because they were in a lot of poverty areas. So that's probably... Um, I mean, $21,000 though for a person in poverty especially, that is a lot of money, Mm -hmm. you know. So with this season, one of the things we really wanted to talk about was kind of the money aspects about some of these groups because there's our theme is cult or con. And so there's two ways that this could go, I feel like. So when I was looking at my research, I started looking, is this just another mega church wannabe where they, you know, structure it in a certain way? And I do believe that there is that that pyramid scheme aspect of it. So I started looking at all the different ways that this church has a revenue stream and it's amazing. There's, let's see. So I I have a list here. You, they've of course got their YouTube channels and their social media, which they upload to on a daily basis. Wow. Not that they're getting off on tons of views, but I'm saying they, they definitely are putting the content out. So they have that. Um, they've got, you can donate via every any way possible. Like text, you can sign up a monthly subscription for your text services. Remember those where you text and it was $9.99 on your bill? I yep. remember that from our Verizon days. Uh, don't remind you me. You text the number. You text a number. Like we had to tell how many, at least like 10 times a day, people would call and ask, what's this on my bill? It's like, oh, you text a... Text back, stop and yeah. quit. Not all together, <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell stop? Right? So the recovery homes, I think, when they first started, was the biggest source of revenue because they were making money off of the people that were living there and the labor they were doing. 
they were making money off of the government for getting their funding. And then in addition to that, they were pay, having people pay them for living there because it was like a, a rehab program. So there was that part. Um, they also had, Sunny put out tons of written publishing. They also conduct events like runs, concerts, conferences. They have online merchandise stores. They sell on Amazon. Um, they've done a number of lawsuits, including in 2013 when they tried to sue Twitter. And <laughs> yeah, so they, Sunny wanted to sue Twitter because another church somewhere had taken a name similar to theirs. And there was a copyright um, issue. And he's like, oh, that goes against our copyright. And the other church said, actually, um, the Twitter, I think, determined, no, they're not against their copyright. This is not the same thing. So um, they also have a television station and, of course, do podcasts. So there is, like, every way you can be, like, putting it out there and making revenue on it. They would work, like, 12-hour days, mm -hmm. like, and just be exhausted. And they would never see any of those wages. But they right. found out after the fact the church would make money off of yeah, that work. The people in these rehab homes had no idea how, that a lot of this was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in addition to that, though, one of the other ways that it um, struck me as um, struck me as a pyramid scheme, and I think that this one kind of made me think, hmm, maybe that's the big difference of the pyramid schemes and how the structure is and the cults, because I feel like they're both triangles, but they're up one maybe upside down kind of thing. So I feel like with a pyramid scheme, you typically have someone at the top who's recruiting people and they pay on the level up, right? Mm -hmm. That's how, and that's how we get our pyramid. With a cult though, I feel like there's, there's definitely those similarities when it comes to setting up the structure and whatnot. But when it comes to like the, like the, uh, almost like the attention piece of it, I guess, or the reason that other people really do join, it's more like they, it's not so much they want the recruitment, of course, but it's not for the same motive. I think I see kind of where you're going with this. So this is different because when you bring someone in, you're not getting paid to bring them in. Right. Everything's going directly to the top. Exactly. So there's not really that structure of a pyramid. Right, 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 okay. right, right. That's interesting yeah. and very true. Yeah, so it's interesting. <laughs> they also have like nine different ministries that you could... Um, be a part of in those different ministries of course you have to pay to go train there you know so that's another revenue stream but there is the urban training center missions training center the kids gang international um vetty united we can run for hope united prayer international gang which is god's anointed now generation and then third wave leadership campus so those are nine different ministry groups that you could pay to be a part of as like, if I wanted to become a minister, I could pay to go to the Urban Training Center and become authorized to. So I came across this fact mm -hmm. and it was surprising to me because in just 2017, right in our backyard at the LA Convention Center, mm -hmm. Victory Outreach had its 50th yes. anniversary celebration. So I saw something that I was like cracking up at when I was doing my research <laughs> about the 50th celebration. They were boasting so much about the celebrities 
that were there. It, it reminded me so much of Scientology and how everybody, like Tom Cruise was inviting all those people to his wedding. But if you go on the, the this church's website and you look, it's like all these testimonials and you click to open it and it's like a Word document, but it, it's like, oh, this one's from President Trump. And it's like, it's so stupid. Like, but there's one from Trump. There's one from Clinton. There's one from like every single person has written this group a letter you know, letting Jennifer Aniston, I think, wrote, has a letter on there. And, like, there's only one, there's one that's not a letter. It's a video. And it's from Joel Austin. So it's like, who the, you know, that's who you actually got to give you a testimonial. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but at this 50th, they also showed Sonny's biopic, which yes! is called Sonny. Sonny. <laughs> What else would it be called? Right? Uh, this man is so narcissistic. It is hilarious to me. Um, he did. Like, yeah, so he's got a, his own movie. And do you know, too, what his net worth is? I looked it up. I was trying so hard to find the net worth of the church, and I couldn't find that. Um, what I did, though, find was that... He um he's worth 1.6 million as of 2018. So it was two years ago. That's wow. what his net worth was. But um yeah, I don't think he got it from his movie. I mean, I didn't watch the movie. I but it was just all about his um he he definitely though has a, a really big ego. Like he thinks. Uh, that, I thought you were gonna say something else. Oh, I I didn't look into that. Oh. <laughs> But he said there, like, during an interview, he's like, I'm a household name in the ghetto. And um, and he he boasts about how he's got a 15-acre headquarters in La Puente, which I Googled it, and I couldn't find it. Did you find it? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I just thought it was funny, like, La Puente. It's not even, like, the nicest. I know. It's not. Well, <laughs> well you got to realize he's got to be a household name in the ghetto. Mm -hmm. You know, not Beverly Hills. <laughs> so one thing you made me think of, too, to go back to the money real quick, is on one of the accounts that I found, they said that this church will even go as low as taking people's welfare stamps mm -hmm. and, like, using them and eating the food first and giving scraps. Like, yeah, yeah. In the, I heard about the, in the rehab homes, mm -hmm. the conditions were really bad. And actually, I read an article that said um, that they even were investigated back in 1999 mm -hmm. and found to be guilty of, you know, putting too many men in a home, not caring about who was where. There there was like six men in a room. And Ooh, yeah, like you said. Tell me more. <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds like, you know, perfect for you, but for, you know. These other men, <laughs> wasn't their thing, <laughs> but they would be, yeah, like you said, overworked, and then they weren't, there was one guy, like, I think he said he went, like, three days without eating. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty intense. Yeah, somebody else said that they went, I want to say a few weeks without being able to even talk to, like, family or friends yeah. outside of the home. And there's, so the thing is, too, there's definitely cult tactics being used within these rehab centers, because, so we've got, you know, the crowded conditions, the overwork, um, there's food deprivation, which means there's probably also dehydration, you know, um, and there's a lot of mind control that's able to take place in that. 
um, I've got, you know, one quote here. It said, this one um, gentleman, he said, all I wanted was a decent meal and I was willing to be a slave. Um, it said they wouldn't even, he said they wouldn't even give me that. Um, he said he raised up concerns about the way he was being treated. Um, but in his words, he said, but they put it in my mind that if I thought I was different, I was going against God. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like that is such an overused tactic, but it's a very effective tactic where they yeah. tell you if you think a certain way, you're wrong and you don't believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Um, and then I know, too, that after they would go through the program, they were then asked to become household leaders. So these people who were not qualified to be, you know, coaching other people through this process were being made to to put other men through the same thing. So it's you're almost building like a, a hierarchy system there because do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going to into like their, the money and the structure, I thought it was really interesting um, to see. I went on their own website and I found this under the FAQs, but they have a lot of information about their structure on the internet, which is interesting because you wouldn't think that there would be, but if you read this, it's very like, uh, we reserve the right to private people, private attorneys, private accountants. Um, so let me read though what some of the things here, and this is again, directly from their website. Um, so the first statement is of the structure is statement of financial stewardship, solicitation of funds. The church teaches that Christians have a spiritual duty to financially support their church and encourages each member to give as he or she is able and has been blessed by God. Thus, most but not all revenue is raised from our church members and is solicited if at all, from verbal or written appeals in accordance with our doctrines. The practice of, of tithing, um, which I didn't know what that is, but it's basically just, I'd never heard that term before. Yeah, yeah. I learned it asking. from Abriana. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, so um, anyways, while not mandated, is encouraged as a minimum standard of Christian financial stewardship. And then um, if you continue reading on, though, there's a lot of different things. It says use of exempt funds, um, accounting practices and procedures, and they go into how, like, we hold the right to not have to share any of our accounting information and whatnot. So it's very, very, like, hush-hush. Um, we reserve the right to, for, our, let's see, it says, um, each year the church produces a financial statement that is reviewed by an independent certified accountant, uh, and then they go on just to say, you know, kind of more than anything, it sounds like an attempt at safeguarding their so themselves, but it's not very well written. So it's, I don't know, it's just interesting. So one thing that comes up when I'm searching for a victory outreach is people ask, is it a cult? Mm -hmm. And I saw a few responses where they said, well, it's a church. So isn't all churches a cult? So I think that brings up a good question. Like how, how do you think, places like this differ from an actual church? So for me, um, I think that this is different because I feel like with the regular church, I'm free to come and go. Mm -hmm. And I feel like religion, for me, religion is a don't come to us, we'll come to you kind of thing. Like, I don't want to be told what religion I want. I want to do the research. I want to go and see what works for me. 
you know, and with a, a normal church, I feel that that's accepting and that's, that's fine. Cause I went to, I've gone to different churches and I've never had somebody like, Oh, why didn't you ever come back? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whereas I feel like this group is like, no, you need to stay here. Like you're going to stay here. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a member. <laughs> What are your thoughts, yeah. Alan? I think I think in addition to that too, like you have um, a sunny type figure, you know, mm-hmm. in, versus like other Catholic or Christian religions where, you know, God is God. Whereas for this thing right here, it's it's more like Sunny is God, so right. like we have to like, you know, worship Him. So I think that's and then also like what you mentioned as well, Victoria, about just you know if you're not part of the church, then you're you're an enemy as well too, because in other Christian religions, they're very, like, more welcoming in the sense that, like, everyone should be loved and not just who's part of your religion. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, one thing you brought up that I think is a really important thing to look out for is if there's a single person being celebrated in the church more so yeah. than a god. Yeah, that's I think that's a very a good big point warning sign. I was going to say, for sure, because even I read, even in these um, homes, that every home has a picture of Sonny. Yeah. What... But isn't this a Christian home? Why don't we have Christ instead of Sonny? Exactly. And I read one report from, again, somebody who used to be part of the church. They said the priests eventually were asking for 25% of their mm-hmm. earnings. So they said when it got up to 25%, like, we knew we had to get out. And they did. And I yeah. guess they didn't have much trouble getting out, it sounded like. They mm-hmm. were able to just leave. But yeah, they said everything was just so focused on money within yeah. this this group. So do you think it is a cult, a con, or what? Um, I would say it's more of a con because he is making like buco bucks off of this. Mm-hmm. I think he uses cult tactics to keep people, but I think overall it's more of a con. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And how about you, sir? Agree. Um, well, I think it's a mix of both. I think it started out more so as like a, a cult, um, with the, you know the type of characteristics that's shared with other cults. But um, it's kind of evolved more. I think as Sunny has been being greedier um, throughout time, that it's becoming more as a cult in my. I mean, sorry, a, a con, in my opinion, because he's just like, it's all about money now. So. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting because I think it's just a cult. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's a con. He thinks it's both. And I think it's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a cult because of the fact that there's so much narcissism around Sunny. That's true. So with me, it's it's like Sunny started this. Sunny's watching this. Sunny's mandating this. Sunny's driving the whole force here. That's a leader. That's a charismatic leader, you know. And that's the strongest part, I think, or that's the the base of our cult, the foundation to start Mm -hmm. our cult, you know? So, and then I think too, just the way you can see the way he believes in himself and how narcissistic he is, that he genuinely believes that he is this person that has spoken to God. I think that he believes that he has been saved by God. And he, I, I, I believe that he believes what he believes. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I was really worried I wanted to say it, but. (laughs) I've I've come to understand you're dumb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get there too one day. Yeah. Alan. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. I feel like the stuff that's happening in the rehab houses is definitely like one hundo occult. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that's happening in the church itself, I feel, is more of the con aspect because yes. they're just asking for more and more money. But yeah, I think they're two separate things in this case. Mm-hmm. 
This was an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. So, we have a new segment. We do. It's called To Cast a Cultist. Action! What if the cultist has already been casted because he has his own movie? I don't think anybody like, saw no, played it. Yeah, nobody saw it <laughs> how either. Much, how much did it bring in? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you figure out who you'd want I did. to play? Okay, go for I it. I picked um, Danny Trujillo. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I feel like that works. That's I feel like he could do him justice and really like. So to be clear, Danny Trejo. Yeah. For Machete. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who this Danny Trujillo is. <laughs> I think I know that I'm white. <laughs> who did you choose? Actually, yeah, that was my other choice, but um, I had chosen um, Michael Pena. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just feel like he's he would do a good job in depicting him. He's funny, too. I, I yeah. can see that. Is it a comedy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, after watching a YouTube video of um, Sunny Today, uh-huh. I chose Robert De Niro. <laughs> because Robert De Niro is such a New Yorker. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like with a little I bit do... of makeup, they could yeah. make him look like a Sunny. A fat suit? Yeah, a fat suit. A big fat suit. <laughs> oh. I want to see these movies made. I think we should make these movies. I feel movies. like we should watch Sunny. Yeah. We should. We said one day, I remember we were joking around, but we said we should start a TikTok of just cult leaders. We need to do that and just do little skits okay. of these cult leaders. Let's do a girl. <laughs> Someone's got to teach me how to use TikTok first. Rachel <laughs> uses it. That's how old I am. <laughs> so what are we doing next week? So next week, we are going to talk about, um, this one's known for being a pyramid scheme, more for being a pyramid scheme, but we'll look at some of the other behaviors that may have taken place in there. Uh, This one's a big one from the 80s called BIM, otherwise known as Business in Motion. (laughs) Did that make you giggle? It did. (laughs) Because it's in motion. In motion. Just the way you said it. Oh, my nipples are hard. I feel like you were like in Lion King, like, do it again. (laughs) And um, don't forget to check out our Patreon. Mm -hmm. I just, before this recording, found that it may not be working. So check it out. But by the time the recording is up, it will be fixed. So if you've been trying to get to it, Ozzy, um, it will be there and ready for you to check out. (laughs) Don't you have anything to do? Yeah, we're looking at Alan and he's not talking. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, check us out. And, <laughs> and buy a button. And Yay. buy a button? <laughs> where, where can they buy it? On Etsy. If you search for Magic Havoc. Thanks, girl. You'll find it there. As well I'll as give a you $5. I'll give you $5. I get a commission off of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see yes. you next Monday. For BIM. For BIM. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.